0: I'm Josh Cooperman and this is Convo by Design. I am happiest at work when I'm surrounded by creative types and talking about creative endeavors. The LA Design Festival has come and gone, but for the past few weeks I've been culling through the content captured from the event and putting it together in ways that I want you to hear it and see it. Sometimes that means changing it around a little bit. Following is a conversation. And for anyone who considers themselves a creative, artist, designer, or any other title that means you engage in creative endeavors, this is for you. The following conversation was held at the LA Design Festival and includes Liam Young, the Australian border architect, founder of Tomorrow's Thoughts Today, uh, a think tank that explores a think tank that explores imaginary urbanisms. Uh, Young has taught at Princeton and currently at SciArc and is a frequent contributor in both mainstream and architectural media. David Charles is a creative director and filmmaker. He has worked on 72 and Sunny. He's the ECD and co-founder of the LA office for Dutch shop uh, Castles Kramer. And he is a Sundance New Frontiers and Documentary Lab fellow and board member of ADC Young Guns. Carrie Elmsley is the Chief Creative Officer for Experiential Design Studio Second Story. And we have Toby Pass, the award-winning uh, group creative director at Sapient Razorfish. Toby's brand creative work is extensive and includes work for Acura, AT&T, Disney Entertainment, among others. This conversation is being presented to you before you hear the panel they did on the subject of design thinking. The panel conversation was really good, and we'll be presenting that soon, but this conversation is about the process that goes into the creative thought process as they presented it at the design festival. So it was sort of a look, an inside look inside, if you will, almost like a black hole of creative thought. These are issues that you deal with every day from ideating an issue, troubleshooting, problem solving, falling in love with your own ideas, and dealing with creative block. If you are a creative thinker, you deal with these issues daily. This is how some of the best in the business from different disciplines approach it. Congo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond. Always first with what's next in the kitchen and bath. Snyder Diamond is a family owned and operated company that serves the Southern California design and architecture community as well as discriminating homeowners through remarkable customer service and a curated offering of kitchen and bath appliances, fixtures, and finishes. The products at Snyder Diamond include the industry's best, like the full line of Mila Appliances. Mila, also a family owned and operated company, offering industry leading products since 1899. These include a full line of refrigerators, ovens, steamers, cooktops, wine units, coffee machines, dishwashers, ventilation hoods, washers, and dryers. All of these products are made using the highest standards in manufacturing an industry-leading technology, to provide a superior class of appliances. Form, function, and future. That's Mila. Pair that with the standard-bearer when it comes to customer service, and Snyder Diamond delivers dreamy kitchens that exceed expectations. If that's not enough, right now and for a limited time, Mila is offering some amazing and very generous rebates and offers. For details on these and to see the full line of Mila products, visit any of the three LA area Snyder Diamond locations or visit online at SnyderDiamond.com. This is Convo by Design. This is also being recorded for Design Etc. We're at the Los Angeles Design Festival and um, we had our first conversation, our first panel conversation. It was fascinating and I loved it. It had to do with design thinking and I know that you know, I've been working with Toby for, for a while putting this together. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with you, Kerry. I'm going to give you the mic, and do me a favor. Introduce yourself, um, brief background, and then we'll, we'll go to Liam, David, Toby.
1: Hi, I'm Kerry Elmsley. I'm the Chief Creative Officer of Second Story. Um, I lead our studios, and I come from a background of making art with uh, various artists who engage and speculate on the use of technologies in our world. And I'm pretty happy to be here with you all talking about these things.
2: Uh, My name's Liam Young. I'm a speculative architect, and that means I don't design buildings, but instead I tell stories about the um, global, urban and architectural implications of new technologies. So we work through film and the mediums of popular culture to prototype possible futures and the ways that technologies are changing our world.
3: I'm David Charles. I'm a creative director and filmmaker. Um, I work independently with brands like Airbnb and Possible Foods Masterclass and others um, and also original content. And I'm Toby Past, Uh, I'm
4: creative lead here in LA for Sapient Razorfish, Um, and I work with and lead teams that are uh, hopefully changing the game for the brands that we work with in terms of connecting more so their advertising to their experiences in a more authentic way uh, that people actually feel and appreciate.
0: And thank you all. And so this was really interesting. You just finished a conversation on design thinking, which is, which is really, it, it was great. And by the way, it was recorded. So um, we will be publishing that to Convo by Design and Design Etc., the official podcast of the LA Design Festival. And it was great, because when I walked in, the first sort of thought given was Liam saying, you know, do we, do we really need more chairs? And it's to- completely out of context, I mean, the, the thought was, and I'll let you explain it a little bit more because I have sort of a, a counter idea for you. And Toby, I started working with you first on this as you started putting this conversation together. And from a standpoint of design thinking, it may seem like an easy idea or an easy concept, <clears throat> but it's really not. Because when you think about the con- the idea of a chair, chairs chairs have been invented forever, but If we don't keep inventing, if we don't keep designing, if we don't keep thinking, then we don't get to chairs that are maybe more comfortable than the ones that we're currently using. So I'm curious, and I'm just going to throw this out to all of you. When you got the idea of doing a conversation in in one hour or less, that has to do with design thinking, that's a huge topic, how did you approach it? And, And Toby, since you put it together, I'll start with you. What was the construct for this? Well,
4: from my perspective, uh, because I used to be a teacher and and in the academic world before going into agency and client side, uh, more hands-on, I I approached it academically. I really took a look back to something that we probably all learned in school around design thinking, the process, the approach, the structure, uh, then how it's been applied to D. School, Stanford, all the different places where it's taught and their different permutations of it. And then I actually thought about, well, how do we really truly apply it today in the work that we do? Uh, And as with most things that you learn in school, there's a huge difference between the theoretical and the practical. Uh, So I wanted to, with the diverse cast of characters that we all are here, explore the different ways that we think about design thinking as it applies to the work that we do. And that was kind of the impetus. Carrie did did you have thoughts other than I really wish Toby would send me some of the questions that we're going to be talking about <laughs> cuz you definitely wanted those Yeah yeah? Uh,
1: yeah I I like to be a little bit prepared about what are we going to be asked questions <laughs> on so I was so hassling wait, him a little bit
0: Wait a minute so this is really interesting um, you would have felt more comfortable with the questions Now I think I may understand a little bit more about your thinking but I'll I'll let I'll let you answer it first but it, did you wanted the questions so that you could prepare for them.
3: Yeah.
4: But you don't want to give her the questions because? Because I want spontaneity. And I kind of, uh, I, I, I believe in preparation as well. Absolutely. But I also want, I want answers to come from a genuine place that maybe haven't really been truly fully thought through Um, and I think that we were all going to come with different types of answers anyway because we all do different things and we're all unique people Um, but yeah I love that sense of authenticity and spontaneity that comes when you don't really know what to expect Um, and I think uh, some of us here knew each other previous to meeting um, but not all of us knew each other so that automatically put in a bit of spontaneity to the conversation, which I thought was great. But Carrie, back back to you. Um, uh, How did you feel about how our conversation went today? Was it a good conversation?
1: Yeah, I think that we only really scratched the surface, though. And I'm much more interested in challenging the notion of human-centered design that um, Liam brought up today. It's given me food food for thought for some of the language we use and how we approach things. Uh, I liked the pirate. I I don't know, there's a lot that I think that when you work in a studio practice that's dependent on collaboration, there's a lot to explore in those tensions between the director or the artist and the collective authorship model. That's kind of what came up for me from the conversation.
4: Yeah, I never really thought about it. Uh, It was a huge provocation for me when you brought that up as well, Liam, is that just how egocentric it is to talk about human-centered design. Uh, And especially today when we're grappling with so many problems that are of our own doing where we think we're creating great solutions for ourselves that have such a negative impact on society, on
2: politics, and on the world.
0: Yeah, but it's also like...
2: it's at the very core of or even just the language we use to describe or understand the world, right? Like, the, the, another big buzzword right now is the Anthropocene, right? We're all living in the age of the Anthropocene, which is to say that humans are the dominant force shaping the planet. And again, anthrobe, you know, meaning human, like it still puts humans at that centre, right? Um, and that, in a way, is is the problem, the, the reason we, we get to the problematic um, position that we're now in, uh, is because we're not thinking about what does a forest need, what does a river need. We're thinking about what we need, um, and it's, it's, it's a really strange
3: um, point of view, actually, when you think, start to think about well, the world. Right? I feel like we're thinking about what we want and not, not exactly what we need, you know, and, and I think that hopefully one day or more than a few people will realize that we need... Nature and the planet more than it needs us, you know, and once that shift happens I think we have some hope but before that like I think it's going to be pretty Well,
0: David and this is interesting too because you said something that I, I thought was really interesting and I appreciated the the notion of You know in in punk rock It's it's a three chord progression. There's there's basically three chords It's how you choose to put those three chords together as a as a jazz fan I love the notion and the concept of, of improvisation. The beauty of improv is that it doesn't always work. So there's kind of like, it's also, it goes back to not having the questions, right? You, you, the ability to improv sort of pushes you further out there, but you're also, when you're out there, there's the risk of falling. So when you go, the forest doesn't need us, right? When, but we're not necessarily on the top of the food chain. But when you talk about design thinking and you talk about doing it creatively, there's that apprehension to move outside of prescribed ideas and, and a structural way of thinking. How do you as all highly accomplished creatives, how do you force yourself because we're risking we're risking our reputation. And and that's a real thing, right? So when it comes to design, when it comes to trying new things and, and trying to break out of the that I hate Outside the box, but when it comes to breaking outside of traditional thinking in the industry, how do you approach that?
3: Um, I feel like it, it really it really comes from, from who you are and how, how you built yourself, how you built yourself as a human being. You know I think if you if you stick to your values and, and you're a good person and, and you have a strong work ethic. I think that gives you latitude to be able to think outside the box or to or to be more um, rebellious in, in your expression and, and the things you do. You know, it's, it's really how we frame things, you know, like, um, you know, I have a I have a teenage daughter and, you know, I told her, like, you can actually get away with way more just if you have if you have good grades and you do things on time you know so if if you're able to balance your life that way i feel like we could have way more radical thinking being being expressed in a corporate world um if we're able to to balance those both both sides i
0: think we're also in a time now where people are choosing their words a, a lot more carefully it, we're okay so to back up a little bit we're sitting in a room the um AIGA Los Angeles has, has posted images, and w- w- you can find them on our Instagram feed. They've posted images from artists that were in the New York subway. And you can see over time how different images are, are supposed to represent different ideas and make you think. It, that's what design is all about, and that's what design is, is for. It's, and it goes back to the concept of the chair, right? Because not all chairs are comfortable. And not all chairs are pretty. Um, and sometimes their reason for being is to serve as a, as a warning sign for others to do something different and maybe do something better. That being said, and, and again, sort of back to the concept of design thinking, everyone's got ideas. And not all of them are, are great. When it comes to the idea of sharing those ideas and running them through individual filters and turning them into something that works. You talk about collaboration and the process for collaboration. I would actually be interested to know what, what each of you, how you approach the idea of collaboration and sort of how you, maybe tips and tricks, hacks, ways that, that you can sort of steer your ideas without, without being the bully in the room. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I'll 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 take that one to begin with. I I think probably because mine is the most locked in process because of what I do in the teams that I lead. I mean, You know, honestly, we have a pretty prescriptive process in terms of the way that we approach things, you know, starting with strategy and research and empathy and understanding user needs uh, before we move into design solutioning, both divergent and convergent in nature. Uh, But I think the reality is that it's not always that clear cut. Even when you have a clear cut process, some problems necessitate creative thinking before you have a strategy locked down. Um, other ones start and are rooted very much so in strategy, uh, and you can't move forward creatively to actually come up with the right solution unless you know what your strategy is. Um, so I feel like even when you have a process, you're going to have to be open and flexible and, and realize that there are times where you have to break the process or you have to flow it a different way. Um, as for like why we do what we do and I think are willing to go out and on a limb, and take chances i I think it's the nature of creativity whether it's artistic or design related um to want to push boundaries uh to want to make the world a better place as cliche as that sounds but if we're not doing that then honestly i don't know what the fuck we're in this for
2: yeah but a a big part of collaboration is also just like don't be a dick right (laughs) Like we can we can we can like, you know, go into deep like how, how you build teams and all that sort of stuff. When it comes down to it, don't be a dickhead, you know. Like um, uh, like don't try and steamroll your shit. Um, listen to other people when they're talking, um, uh, and that's it, right? That that's how we start to make cool collaborations. Get get interesting people in a room, and don't be an asshole. You know? So maybe it goes to
4: ego a bit, right? I mean, in the sense of like, I, I know for some people, and I, I've worked with plenty of creatives who are this way, they fall in love with their ideas, right? And usually that's a symptom of not having enough ideas and not being open to conversation and, and working together to, to push forward what's best. Um, but yeah, I feel like, to your point, Liam, you know, when you're working with a group of people who are kind of without ego, that are really interested in solving the same problem or, or coming up with the best idea, it's great and nobody's a dick.
3: I feel like in our industry, um, I feel like there needs to be a second movement, uh, beyond the Me Too movement, which is the anti-dick movement. And, and I think that is actually enabling dicks is actually what created the Me Too movement. So I think that's like the foundation of actually all the problems. And, and once we stop enabling poor behavior and, and celebrating people who are bad in a collaborative environment, that that will just go away. You know, I see, you know, I, you know, as a creative director, I oftentimes work with a lot of directors or 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 artists or people who, you know, continuously have bad attitudes and 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 not great work ethic and they keep getting more and more work and they keep being celebrated and and I feel like once that becomes something that's spoken in the news and becomes like, if you if you if an article comes out about your poor behavior, you're out, right? You can't you can't do. It doesn't matter how fucking great you are, you're not. There's a million great people, you know. Like everyone's great, you know. And 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 you being able to to be nice and and, and collaborative is is the most is the fundamental part of making great work. Uh, another thing to your question that is very helpful for me in, in my practice is to make the project or the work itself the boss, you know, and everyone responds to that. And, and if you use that as your argument, it's, it's easier for you to lead teams and to, and to make people um, kind of converge and follow a, 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 a path together.
2: Hashtag no dicks.
1: Yeah. Should I say something now? Because you guys will... Sure, please. Maybe I can take it. <laughs> that is like... A, but it's a life ethos. Like, don't be a dick. It's generally a basic rule that I tend to... Well, I mean, hasn't? let's ask ourselves that question. I've built my career on working with people I like, who uh, have a great work ethic, who treat each other with respect under huge duress and I have refused to work with people who act like that and I'm lucky because just by holding true to that and choosing not to engage with people who behave like that means that you just you know you can form a really strong and powerful network that is based on that kind of mutual respect and that doesn't mean that everyone is a really great listener and I will say that a continue, especially when you're attached to an idea, and I can—I'd challenge that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being in love with your idea. You just have to. In fact, I think that romance and passion is a fundamental part of creative pursuit. However, you have to be able to listen too. But I think if you uh, detach emotion from your creative process, perhaps that weakens the output.
4: Yeah, and just really quickly, I appreciate that correction. Thank you. No, I, I. I am passionate about my ideas, and Mm -hmm. I believe in fostering them too, but it's that openness Mm -hmm.
3: uh, to being able to hear constructive criticism Mm -hmm. or other ideas, I think. Mm -hmm. Or or the inability to move on and make something even better. I think that's more what...
0: Yeah, agreed. Two things, and the first one I want to go back to is you mentioned being able to choose Hmm. who you you like to work with. That's a luxury, though. That's a luxury that you, you certainly have now, but how... Does someone in, in, in the industry who is, who is starting out... I mean, dicks are everywhere.
1: Uh, I can really... I, I was a very late career person. I didn't have a proper job until I was really old. I don't have a college degree, and I built my career making that choice from the ground up. So I don't care how junior or young you are, you don't have to put up with that.
0: Fair enough. At the same time... <laughs> At the same time, and it's not, I, I, don't, I hate butts, right? At yes, the, and. Yeah, yes, <laughs> and. At the same time, not everyone can do that. Not, and and I, I don't mean that in the sense anyone can say no. Mm. Everyone can say no. But it's not easy to do and not sacrifice your career, your ambitions, your progress along the way.
1: Um, I'll challenge you on that again because... We're employed. I have an employer. I've always had an employer. Sometimes I've run my own business, but mostly I've been employed. And if you have confidence in your practice, then you can quit your job and get another one. And everyone, no matter, has the choice to do that because we are commodify our time. You know, we're selling time. The basic commodification. We choose who we give our time to. And I have every job I've left. I've left with no job to go to because so so it's just like I'm you can say yes and but I truly think if you make a career in design then you're already on a luxury path anyway by the choices you've made Mm -hmm. and you've already made sacrifices by choosing to go that route so you've got to have some fortitude and belief to be able to you know, make your path, make your way.
4: Yeah, and I would tag on to what you're saying there and just say absolutely everything you just said takes courage, mm-hmm. but I think getting into design to begin with takes courage. I, I mean, if you're worth your salt and you're actually doing the work, it takes courage to do it well.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> there is no but, there is no end. I will go back to the second point mm-hmm. that I thought was interesting. Falling in love with, with your ideas, mm-hmm and another another word that i'm that i'm completely sick of is disruption and disruptors because just because you change something doesn't mean you have to turn the world upside down to do it when it comes to falling in love with your ideas i understand the passion side of it and i understand the willingness to let something go because as a as a creative you kind of you have to right otherwise you you Again, it's all cliches. You throw the baby out with the bathwater. You 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 ruin the whole idea because, to, you know what? We're going to throw as many cliches. Too many cooks in the kitchen. We're going to throw as many cliches as we possibly can here. But isn't it, the idea is if how do you love your idea? How do you remain passionate to your idea and still find the strength, courage, willingness to sometimes let it go?
1: Are you asking me that? <laughs>
3: I mean, you want to go?
1: I'm constantly letting things go, so it's that I I just think it's it's part of the process evolution. It it the idea you had isn't the one that gets made, ever. Yeah. So it's almost like whether you hold on to it or not it's an additive process and then a reductive process and then a, oh my God, we've just got to get it finished process. I
3: actually, yeah, I was going to, I I feel like loving the process leads to better work than loving the idea that you had, you know, because the process of having the idea until it's made is really where all the fun and serendipity and magic and and the power comes from. Um, And, you know, I think Martin Scorsese has a a really great... um, thing that he says that, you know, a film is never as good as the dailies and not as bad as the rough cut, you know, and, and, and that's just about embracing the process and, um, and enjoying those moments, you know, like for me, the collaboration that I have with the people I work with is what's really special, you know, and not the screening of it or the recognition of it, you know, that's very nice. And, and I appreciate that. And that allows me to do more things, you know, that's the only reason why I appreciate it. But the 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 process in making these things is is what's really special. And and if you fall in love with the process more than in the making, more than the the, 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 the original idea, then that will allow you to, you know, be more comfortable and, and, and stop hating yourself. <laughs>
4: And I would say, too, I mean, for me, anyway, when it comes to ideas, uh, I I feel like there's idea and there's expression. And I think there's the idea of chair and what that means. And there's the expression of chair, just to bring it full circle and come all the way back around to our conversations on chairs. So I I think it's it's, when you have a great idea that you're super passionate about, there are many forms of expression that it can take. Some of them are more powerful than others. And that may be what you really want to have come through, but you can't always land it whether it was a client or whether you didn't have so you know the budget to actually do it the right way but if you can do some justice to that idea to bring it to life it makes the world a better place it feels like success
0: final question i have for for all of you and and by the way Carrie, thank, thank you because you know what um, this is this is really great this is one of those experiences where and thanks to all of you for the conversation because this is one of those experiences after after decades in creative fields as you're talking i'm thinking back to some poignant moments in my own career you know where you have these flashbacks and you can you can pinpoint certain areas in time where it's like you know i did a really good job letting that go even though i didn't want to and it worked out and at the same time, I can think, wow, I really should have just let it go. Why Why didn't I? You know what I mean? And it's, it's not necessarily a regret, because I think creatively, I would go back to it and say, I still feel as strongly about the idea now as I did then. And I probably would have fought for it as well. But for the political side, for my own happiness here 's another cliche. I grew up with this one i 'd rather be happy than right, and that 's basically someone telling you that you 're absolutely wrong but they 're just going to let it go because they don 't feel like arguing with you anymore but i 'd just like to final final thought as we go around one more time your your thoughts and ideas on how do you let it go techniques that you do because I would, I would challenge that each one of you has at one point in time in your careers had an idea, had a thought, had a project that you were working on, that there was somebody maybe more powerful in, in the construct that, that you were in that had a, a different idea that you didn't want to let go, and, either you, and you had to make that choice, where either you let it go or you, that was the hill you were going to die on. So how, how do you make that choice?
3: Well, I feel like the first thing is that we have to remind ourselves constantly that what we do isn't precious at all. You know, we're not really, we're not on a surgery table, you know, saving someone's life or we're not, you know, putting out a forest fire. Um, So that's the first thing, right? Like we create all these awards and all this meeting and all this, this, you know, whatever you want to call it around what we do, but... In the end of the day, at least in the advertising world, you know, we're making things that people don't really want to watch or care about. You know, and, and I think if you start from that from that point, that will do two things. One that will make you let go of things easier and it will make you actually make the best work because you're starting from a very low point and for you to you know, reach somewhere acceptable, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of creativity for you to make something beautiful and amazing and that may capture, you know, some minds and hearts. Um, so I think we just have to constantly check ourselves in what we're doing and, and, and just remind ourselves that, you know, we're doing something really nice and really beautiful, but you know, it's just another thing, you know, it's not, it's not godly at all.
4: I personally, I don't move on. (laughs) I take that idea, which I love, and I just put it on the shelf for a later time. But it's still there; it never goes away. Especially if it's something I was really and truly passionate about. Uh, and you know, I mean, I think we probably all have shelves full of ideas that still haven't come to fruition yet, because that's who we are and that's what we do. It's just how much time do we have to actually make them happen? You just gotta have
2: more ideas, right? Like, you'd like you can know, easily throw away one if because you know there's fifty others that are just that are just jumping at the bit, waiting to to be made and to do something with, right? Like. Um, I think that's the easiest way to move on is to know that there's something cool that's waiting when you do
3: I mean that said you know to to your point, there are those those special moments and in, in those in those precious in those things that become precious um you know for example, this film i 'm making um about the San Francisco gay Men's chorus touring the deep south um you know just the making of the project would be a film in itself because it got killed and and you know it got stopped many many times and and me and my producer knew it needed to 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 be made and and we fought and you know we we went through some pretty crazy situations that can't be said in a 360 podcast but um but some 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 ideas and some moments um are worth fighting for and and and, and being persistent. You know, I, um, I have my, another collaborator of mine, um, the artist, Gary Baseman, um, he says something really cool which is, for you to be creative, you have to have an idiot gene because you have to be naive about the world because you're gonna hear no a million fucking times and, and you just have to see that no as a maybe and, and keep going on. Gary, okay, final thoughts?
1: I think that momentum is what enables me to move forward and leave things behind. Is that I have a? I'm always working with large teams of people, and how does that benefit anybody if I'm still stuck somewhere? So it's this propulsion and momentum, is how we move.
0: And and on that, I just I want to thank you all for a beautiful conversation. Greatly appreciated. Um, I would I would encourage. Sometimes we get so busy with what we do that we have moments like this, and then we kind of sort of let it go because then we get busy again. I, I would encourage you, and and I, I go back to my original conversation with, with Toby on this. I think you did a remarkable job putting this together. This is not an easy concept to, to talk about what we do and sort of how we think about it. It's like, well, we just do it, you know, we do it. We have a process and we do it. Um, thank you all for participating in this. This is Convo by Design. You can also hear this on Design Etc. Available everywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, And you can also uh, check out other episodes from Conversations at the L.A. Design Festival. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendôme Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vandam pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vandam products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique, they beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles or online at vandam.com.